the bell reminds me where my center is. And I recognize in this moment that there is only one, one source, one love, one life. Whatever you choose to call spirit, it doesn't mind. It is one with its entire creation. And spirit is one with us, with you, with me. I remember in this moment that I am not separate from my good. And this week I was reminded by Reverend Diana that the prayer is the answer. That the moment I speak my word, the universe is conspiring to assist me and is already answering me. So with that realization, I just remain open. I listen. Today I listen to what is coming through Reverend Diana as the divine. Knowing there is a special piece for me to take with me. And as I remain open and yield and surrender, and allow spirit and the law to do its work, I know that my good is already here. And I know that your good is already here. I'm so grateful for this knowing and so grateful for this day and this service, knowing that it is a blessing and each one of you here are a blessing. So I simply release, knowing that my word is already active, and together we say, and so it is. Amen. Thank you, Cherie, for creating such a beautiful space, energy. I was sitting here feeling like something wasn't quite right. So I'm sorry for the Velcro sounds. <laughs> My shoes were on. Something was wrong. <laughs> it's not right. I thought she needs to take her shoes yeah. off. Yeah. Like, I'm not grounding. What's going on? <laughs> So welcome, and if you're new with us here today, either in person or online, my name is Reverend Diana Johnson, and I'm the pastor and the spiritual director for Mystic Heart Spiritual Center. We are an interfaith, an independent interfaith community that teaches universal principles and practical spirituality. So we welcome you home to our spiritual community if you should choose it for yourself. And we welcome you home to the generous wisdom and guidance of your own mystic heart, because we know that 
that's where your answers lie. So we begin our meditative journey this morning, centering our reflections on the process of cultivating new life and contemplating prayer as a tool for releasing and removing and replacing the seeds of thought and emotion and action that do not serve us. So let's begin this morning by joining our voices, deeping, deepening our intimate connection in spirit. Right here, right now, right now. 
I feel my love grow deeper, my love grow deeper into my God when I pray. I feel my love grow deeper, my love grow deeper into my God. Right Join me in taking a nice deep breath in and allowing yourself to feel the presence of new life moving into and through your body. And then gently releasing the breath, allowing your body to fully let go, to relax and be supported by the presence of the divine in the form of your chair. And with each breath in, breathing the aliveness of spring. And then letting that life flow out into the world around you, creating an atmosphere of vibrant energy, both within and without. Taking another moment to follow the breath as it settles into its own natural flow. And then allowing it to slow just a bit more to become very quiet. And now letting your awareness move away from the breath, trusting in the constancy of spirit as it breathes your body. And turning inward to the peace, the love, the beauty, the joy and the new life that are forever within you. Settling into the eternal nature of your being where you feel and know your oneness with the creative intelligence of the universe. 
where you feel at home in the here and now. As together we attune ourselves to the high vibration we are co-creating with the infinite. Feel yourself to be an irreplaceable strand woven into the fabric of creation, perfectly and intentionally made. You are the very image and likeness of pure spirit. You are pure light expressing. Slipping fully into the flow of meditation, we acknowledge and experience the radiant light of spirit as it glows within us. And we recognize and honor the same light in everyone and everything. There is nowhere that God's light does not shine. From the book of Matthew, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine. We take a moment to feel the oneness of our global community, sensing a web of consciousness that covers the planet. Each of us a radiant point of light. All beings who in this moment are drawn to the presence of the one the very atmosphere in which we live and move and have our being. The holy dance of spirit, I in thou and thou in me, inseparable, each bringing completion to the other. As we envision all beings, all of creation joining the web. We see that there are no spaces between us. Our web has become the fabric of life in which we find our place, our purpose, our unique gifts, our authentic expression. Feeling the shared intention that brought us here, there is a deep sense of communion with that which is beyond time and space, beyond definition and description. And we feel the impulse to grow and evolve. As we consciously acknowledge our connection with all of life, our collective work here is empowered. Our collective prayer and meditation leave a positive imprint on the world, on the cosmos, and transformation has begun. Wholeness is revealed. <coughs> you are refreshed and renewed by the light and love of spirit. As we speak of cultivating new life, we must look at what it means to cultivate. 
Cultivation is a multi-step process. We begin by breaking up the soil as with a plow or shovel. In this way we make water, nutrients and oxygen available in soil that has become compacted. Then we get rid of whatever weeds have taken root, making room for new seeds to be sown. We add nourishment to replenish what has been used up. Then finally we sow the seeds and tend the plants until they have grown strong enough to stand on their own. We use meditation, contemplation, and reflection to notice and loosen the roots of unwanted thoughts, emotional reactions, habitual patterns, and actions that are not serving our highest good. Releasing ourselves from their influence In order to remove them for good, we must recognize them for what they are, deny their power over us, and replace them with more constructive thoughts, words, actions, and behaviors. And then, we must do it again, and again, and again until finally we embody this higher way of being. We are made new. There is a garden Where dreams come true A beautiful garden Where God's grace blooms There is a garden Where everything grows a beautiful garden where love is sown and in this place of light and love you can have anything that you're dreaming of there is a garden where dreams come true a beautiful garden that garden is you
a powerful tool for breaking up or interrupting old, rigid, calcified ways of thinking and acting. When we speak of prayer, we are not only referring to the words that we use to communicate with divinity. We are also pointing to the feelings behind the words. It is suggested by ancient wisdom traditions and by modern mystics and scientists alike that before something new can come into our lives, we must be able to embody the experience in prayer. We must be able to feel that our prayer is already answered and sense what our lives are like with the new condition made manifest. Take a moment now to call to mind something that you might take into prayer. Rather than using words to pray for a particular outcome, use the powerful silent language of human emotion. Put your imagination to work. Sense and feel gratitude and appreciation as though your prayer has already been answered. See, hear, feel, taste, and smell all that is unfolding as you live in and from your answered prayer.
The book of Genesis in the Hebrew Torah begins with two creation stories. The first tells us that before Elohim set the creative process into motion, there was nothing, just a formless void. God had a blank canvas, nothing from which to fashion the cosmos, and nothing in the way needing to be cleared out. We use that same creative process that spirit uses, but we don't get a blank canvas. We don't create in a void. We have stuff in our lives, inner stuff, emotions, opinions, beliefs, judgments, attachments, all of which affect the character and quality of what we create. Meditation and prayer help us to loosen our mental and emotional attachments so that we may remove the weeds in our consciousness, thoughts, beliefs, and emotions that attract undesirable con conditions. Once we have cleared away our negative feelings and beliefs, we must replace them with positive ones, just as we plant our seeds right after weeding the garden, because we know that if we don't, the weeds will return, and then we repeat nurturing the affirmative seeds we have sown. As we move into the sacred silence, I invite you to continue the process that Reverend Diana started with us a few moments ago. Use your creative imagination to put yourself into the picture of your answered prayer. How do you feel? What do you see? Take in the sounds, the smells, who is there with you? What can you do now that you couldn't do before? Keep filling the picture in. Look around. Find that one piece of evidence that proves that your prayer has been answered.
gently returning our awareness to the here and now, we give thanks for this time of blessed communion with the divine and with our beloved community. Grateful for the gift of creative imagination that allows us to create the future that we desire for ourselves and for the world. Thank you, God, for everyone and for everything. As we use this creative power together to establish an atmosphere of peace, plenty, cooperation, respect, and compassion, we bring our vision of a love-soaked world into fruition. We are the change we wish to see. We become our best selves, and we help create heaven on earth. As Teze continues, we receive Reverend Diana's inspired words with open hearts, and we allow ourselves to be fully encouraged to release, remove, replace, and then repeat. Feeling is the prayer. Ask without hidden motive and be surrounded by your answer. Feeling-based prayer acknowledges our ability to communicate with the intelligent force that 95% of us believe in and participate in the outcome. When we ask for something to happen, we give power to what we do not have. Prayers for healing empower the sickness. Prayers for rain empower the drought. By praying for world peace, while feeling tremendous anger toward those who lead us into war, or even war itself, we may inadvertently be fueling the very conditions that lead to the opposite of peace. In other words, continuing to ask for these things only gives more power to the things we would like to change. Author Greg Braden suggests that without any words, Without our hands held in a certain position or any outward physical expression, this feeling mode of prayer simply invites us to feel a clear and powerful feeling, as if our prayers have already been answered. Through this intangible language, we participate in the healing of our bodies, the abundance that comes to our friends and families, and the peace between nations. And so, call on the power of imagination. Call on the power of emotion. Feel and know life in the midst of the answered prayer. Use the power of gratitude and appreciation to conclude your prayerful times. 
grateful for the privilege of co-creating with spirit. Thankful that from the infinite range of possibilities, we can help to bring the ones we choose into the world. This, or something even more beautiful. And so we know this as truth. One source, one essence, one substance, one process expressing and experiencing themselves as all of creation, including me, including you. Holding myself in this divine light, I feel and know only goodness, and I shine it into the world. Remembering the truth of who and whose I am, and the power I am granted as an image and likeness of the Creator, I feel and know love, generosity, and peace as the truth of my experience and of my world. Trusting in the power and presence of Spirit, in, through, and as all of creation, I feel and know that I am here to serve, and so I do through my conscious thoughts, words, and actions, by my deep faith in all that is good, and with gratitude for the gift of life, and for the many blessings of this and every day. In deep faith that every prayer is heard and answered, I release it now to the one who takes it and makes it so. And so it is. Amen. Satu, Ashe, Aho. So coming back into this space, we can gently open our eyes and our hearts and our minds and take a look at who is here celebrating with you this morning. I hear tell that several more sleepy-eyed ones will be in at the break. <laughs> this is part of your spiritual family, should you choose it for yourself. One of your support systems, some of the people who care about you and who are here for you when you need anything. So as we close our Taze meditation today, we offer the opportunity for you to share of your financial good in support of the work that we do. Um, if you're joining us online, you can find a donate button at mysticheart.org, or you can find our mailing address if you're still doing those things, those check things. And we thank you in advance for every gift, every financial gift, every gift of time, talent, skill, love, uh, dedication, and contribution that you make. We are still here and growing and thriving thanks to all of the gifts from everyone. So as we do our offering this morning, I offer to you a video. I don't know if you're familiar with Sam Garrett or not, but this is one of his beloved songs called One by One.
thanks and praises for the holy eyes to see all and don't get caught up in the game of life we give thanks and praises for this sacred time he said my friend you must tend to the garden in your mind we spend this life pretending that we're only a disguise but I know you're so much more than the changing tides so give thanks and praises to the most high Om Sarva Mangala Mangala yeah. Om Sarva Mangala Mangala
sacred and we put them to work back out in the community in all the many ways that we serve our community. I know that these gifts are given of spirit to spirit but through your hands and so we say thank you. So it is. All right. So just very briefly um, we're still supporting Farmers Footprint with all of our lunch and coffee donations. Um, you can check the bulletin. There's a new bulletin in the basket if you want to take one or our website for the activities coming up in the next month or month and a half or so. Uh, we do have sign-ups next weekend, next Saturday is our first weekend at the Farmer's Market. We're going to have a booth for Mystic Heart every week and through October. So if you'd like to join us for set up, tear down, or coming sometime in the middle and just hanging out in the booth for a little while, there's some sign-ups for that. And there are garden plants up here once again, as there will be probably all the way through May, for you to adopt if you wish. The one on the end that says butternut is spoken for. Other than that, they're all available. I'll have more. <laughs> so um, I thank you for being here today and um, hope to come back for some conversation and some lunch. All right. God bless. And we've changed things up a little bit, so your cue oh, yeah. to come back from your coffee clutch will be a swing wide the doors by Eddie, Eddie Van Watkins. We'll blast some music, and that'll be your cue to come back instead of the bell. <laughs> Boogie. Boogie on back. May your soul always find what it's looking for. May your heart always lead the way. May you live in peace and harmony, and may love always fill your day. May your path be strewn with happiness, may success find you everywhere. May you always embrace compassion and grace, and may God always answer your prayer. May you always embrace compassion and grace, and may God always answer your prayer. Thank you. See you in a few minutes. Mm. 
just taking that visiting energy and bringing it over into this space. Knowing that that is what is the expression of the divine. How the divine shows up is through each one of us, through the activity of our lives, through our conversations, and through our conscious conversation. Knowing that this service unfolds beautifully and with grace and with ease. And knowing that each one here receives exactly what they came for. Even if they didn't know they came for it. Knowing that Reverend Diana is a blessing to us and we are a blessing to her. And this whole space here and now is blessed. I simply release my prayer, knowing it is already so. And together we say, and so it is. Amen. Thank you. All right. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome, welcome. If you're new with us here this morning, I'm Reverend Diana Johnson, uh, Pastor and Spiritual Director for Mystic Heart Spiritual Center. We're an independent interfaith community that teaches universal principles and practical spirituality. So we welcome you home to our spiritual community, if you choose it for yourself. And we welcome you home to the guidance and wisdom of your own mystic heart. So this morning we center our conscious conversation as we did the Teze on release, remove, replace, repeat. <laughs> In other words, the process of consciously walking the spiritual path. Um, so let's get started by joining our voices in song and giving our bodies a chance, a chance to wake up if we aren't already awake. <coughs> Give those few others who said they'd be here a chance to arrive. I'm watching it. Welcome to the Mystic Heart, join the celebration. Lift your voice and sing your part, make this affirmation. Spirit made us family with loving hearts to share. Together we are joyfully practicing the possible through prayer. And everything's possible So welcome prayer. to the mystic heart Here we go See if you can sit still I don't know, maybe Everybody get up on your feet See the light in everybody you meet Everybody Get up on your feet, see the light in everybody you meet. Let us be reminded who we've come to be. We are love, we are one, one big family. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 yeah, yeah. 
a joyful sound. Here we stand on holy ground. Let us make a joyful sound. Here we stand on holy ground. Let us make a joyful sound. Hey, 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 hey. Everybody, get up on your feet. See the light. Everybody you meet. Hey, 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 yeah. Hey, 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 yeah. Standing, stay standing. Here we go. You'll catch on to this very quickly. A faster version. All right, here we go. <laughs> we let the love wash over us. We let, we let it be. Welcome if you want to sit down, whatever is comfortable to you. But I invite you to engage the presence of spirit in your body. To feel the life moving through you. To feel the love of the presence of the divine filling you up to overflowing. And join me in our sacred practice of visioning a love-soaked world where all humans are embodying and living from peace and joy and abundance and generosity and justice and freedom as the living principles that guide our lives. Where all human beings practice loving kindness and compassion honoring and caring for one another and for our beautiful planet as our sacred home. We're creating a world where all needs are met, where all beings have plenty of nourishing food, 
the safety of a warm and comfortable home. Where mental and physical health, education, and healthy relationships are ensured by social systems grounded in wellness and wholeness. Amen. Where right livelihood, creative contribution, and a sense of belonging are accepted as gifts of the spirit and are enjoyed by all. A world in which all beings are valued and respected for their inherent goodness and light. Yes. Where the peace we cultivate within us shows up as a world free of hatred or violence. We're creating a world that knows no greed. Where there is absolute abundance in just having enough. Where every being deserves and receives all that is needed for a rich, full, and contented life. In this new world of our creation, every person is a caring and conscious vessel through which generosity flows. By the power of our collective intention, we write a new story. We create a world that works for all beings. And we know that our good work is bearing fruit. We will not lower our vision, no matter what the appearances knowing with our whole hearts that such a world is not only possible, but is inevitable. It is coming into being now. And we trust that this prayer is an integral part of its graceful unfolding. We open our hearts, we open our doors and our arms in radical welcome, erasing all lines of apparent separation. We create an open, and loving community in which all are invited and in which all have an equal voice. One powerful vision, this one of ours is moving into form and experience right here and right now. And so we simply let it go and let it be, look for the signs of its unfolding in our lives and in the world, and so it is. So it is. Amen. Satu Ashe Aho. Let's take a moment, look around, and notice who's sharing our space this morning. This is one of your support systems, part of your spiritual family, always here when you need anything. So if you were with us this morning at Teze, um, you know that we've been looking at cultivating new life. That is, throughout this month, we'll be looking at that uh, topic. And so for those who weren't there, we talked about how important it is to have a consistent set of spiritual practices as we do the inner work of releasing ourselves from negative thought and emotional patterns, behavior patterns actually removing and replacing them with more constructive and life-affirming patterns, and then repeating this process ad nauseum, <laughs> because that's what it takes. At least 100,000 times. Even a quick look at modern neuroscience tells us that repetition and consistency are necessary when it comes to breaking or changing habits. 
So what are some of the practices maybe that you have or that you're aware of that can help in this rewiring of the brain's circuitry? Meditation. Meditation, okay. Prayer. Prayer. Mantra. Mantra. Body prayer. Body prayer. Affirmations. Affirmations. Knowledge. Knowledge, okay. So knowledge goes with study, expanding what we might be aware of. Exercise. Exercise. Mm -hmm. Gratitude. Writing. Writing. Visualization. Visualization. Look at all these tools. Sacred service. As a form of prayer. Listening. Listening. Mm -hmm. Listening to what? <laughs> listening when I'm told to shut up and listen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that for the inner voice to come up and talk. Okay, so listening to that inner voice as it comes up. Being aware when those thought processes right. come and stop them. So being aware of mindfulness, paying attention when that stuff's happening, instead of just letting it spew out your mouth or your actions, awareness, yeah. And then the, no the knowledge that it works, and you, you get confidence from uh -huh. seeing that these things work. Okay, so right. you, you get confidence by seeing the effects of your practices. Builds your faith. That builds your faith, okay. How about teachability? Teachability. Being, <laughs> being able to take in new ways okay. when they present themselves. Being able to take in new ways. Yeah, the, the Buddhists call that beginner's mind. Openness to new things. How many of us think we've already got it all figured out? <laughs> I know nobody's going to raise their hand. But does anyone in this room ever behave as though that's what <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah, so this isn't news, right? This isn't news. We're, we're all exposed to these ideas all the time. It's the carrying of the ideas into form in a measured and regular way. That is where we get caught up sometimes. From the Buddhist text known as the Dhammapada from the 6th century before Christ, we find this, this uh, verse. It says, if you meditate earnestly, pure in mind and kind in deeds, <coughs> leading a disciplined life in harmony with the Dharma, you will grow in glory. If you meditate earnestly through spiritual disciplines, you can make an island for yourself that no flood can overwhelm. Those who meditate earnestly attain the highest happiness. And then from the Christian New Testament, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God. How would you define the will of God in that verse? Because that can trip some people up. I think it's the same, the same as what the Buddha called the Dharma, spiritual being in a, in the flow of spiritual law, and 
in alignment with it. Okay. Alignment with spiritual law. Would that be considered a precept? A precept of Buddhism? Yeah. Yeah. I think alignment with the Dharma is, okay. is one of the precepts. So. The word intentions, if your intentions can match God's intentions and you assimilate that, mm -hmm. you're home free. Okay. So you're talking about aligning yourself with divine intelligence. <coughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. We know certain things about who God is mm -hmm. and basically his will is to be as he is. Okay. I think that's how I think about it is that we align ourselves with the way we try if we wish if we will if we desire to align ourselves with the way that he is. Mm -hmm. In other words, love, good, um, you know, caring, uh, self giving, then that is aligning ourselves with his will, I think. That's how I think about it. Okay. Yeah. Any other thoughts? May I ask that you read yes. the verse again? Uh-huh. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, <coughs> give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God. Gratitude for everything. That's it. Gratitude for everything. We all become one. Okay. Or we recognize the oneness that's already there. Yeah. I think I need help on that one too. As far as this is the will of God. Uh -huh. What is so? You asked, what does the will of God mean? Yeah. And that verse to, you, say to being, you. Yeah. You know, starting out with a grateful being, being grateful, right? Gratitude. Right. So, what does the will of God mean to you? Is what I'm. Okay. So we all have different ways of... But in that context, to me, it comes across as the will of God is that we be joyous, that we do pray at okay. all times. And basically, we're thankful for everything. All right. That's, that's the will. That's what I look at as. So why would that be the will of God? Because that's... Following a, that line. Well, it seems to be... A, that's one of the tenets of, of, uh, of my spirituality is, mm -hmm. is uh, gratefulness for what is... Okay. What, what I have. <coughs> so that, that's how that ties in for me. Okay. So then would you say that that the prayer, the thanksgiving in all circumstances, that that's the will of God, maybe similar to what Gary was saying, because that's the nature mm -hmm. of divine intelligence? Mm -hmm. And if we're created again, by the, the Christian scriptures in the image and likeness of that divinity? Is, is it not our nature to be prayerful and grateful and joyful and peaceful and all of those things? Yes. Isn't that our primary nature? It can be. Not we, saying how we act, <laughs> talking about our nature. <laughs> yeah, but choose it a little more is what I'm hearing. I mean, I'm right. not only hearing about being grateful for what we have, other than also being grateful for what's coming up, because right. what's coming up is coming up to be no, healed. What's right. coming up is there for our 
are good for our growth, for our expansion. Yeah. And if we don't have those things come up, then we don't grow. Right. So right. we need to be grateful for those things, even if they feel hard. Yeah. All circumstances. All circumstances. Mm -hmm. That's big. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe, yeah. maybe, um, I mean, yes, it is. It is our nature. Mm -hmm. But we we lose sight of that nature, and Absolutely. we lose sight of the gratitude that we feel for everything that's happened in our past. Yeah. And we move forward thinking, you know, just forgetting. Right. You know, but the entire time we have been practicing this this act of gratitude, you know, towards God, mm -hmm. because you know He didn't will it any other way. Right. And looking back, trying to find that that part of us that was always grateful the entire yes. time that we've just maybe forgotten about because we're so right. spread thin by all the information that we get on a day-to-day yeah. basis. Absolutely. So when I say it's our nature, I'm not at all saying it's what we remember to practice. I'm saying it's the, the kernel of divinity, the spark of God that is always there, that's always who and what we are. But do we forget constantly? <laughs> I do. <laughs> you know? <coughs> I mean, there's a part of me that doesn't forget, but, but then there's a part of me sometimes acts as though I've forgotten. So, yeah. It's, it's because we, we feel action in our heads, in our minds, in our brains working, and we forget. The heart is working the whole time. Mm -hmm. So to me, gratitude is connecting the mind and the heart, okay. and acknowledging that constantly. I had a friend <clears throat> express to me that um, the hardest work is resting. True. <laughs> 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 yeah, I certainly can. The, heart is the hardest work is to rest. The hardest work. The, the hardest, hardest, the most, most difficult, difficult work. work. Yeah, uh, is yes. to rest. Yeah. Yeah, I could see a little bit of truth in my life where that's concerned. <laughs> that's for sure. So this morning in Teze, we gave a lot of focus to a particular kind of prayer, practice of prayer. But I'm curious, how do you define prayer? What is prayer to you? Talking to God. Talking to God. The higher power there. Okay, higher power. Conversation. Having a conversation. Mm -hmm. Putting intention into form. Okay, putting intention into form. Mm -hmm. yeah. Listening for inspiration. Listening for inspiration. Yes. A creative process. It's a creative process. <coughs> With feeling. With feeling. Okay, there we go. So we were here during Teze. Um, what kind of prayer did we really give focus to this morning? Earlier? Any? Feeling. Feeling prayer. Okay. So we started with sort of an affirmative, I'd just call it a process, to set the tone for a prayer. And then we ask a question. And for us individually, just in the room, it was sort of like, you know, what is seeking to be prayed about today? That's really kind of the question that was invited. And then listening. And then moving into feeling. Feeling without words. 
seeing, smelling, tasting, noticing what's around us as we live into answered prayer. As we live into that. Lucinda. Part of the process for me has become working to align what I'm saying with what I'm feeling in my heart. Because mm -hmm. they haven't always matched. Yeah. So I wanted to, um, we're, I just introduced this book into a class that I'm teaching. Um, I didn't intend to introduce this book in the middle of the class, but there it is. It's by Greg Braden. It's called Secrets of the Lost Mode of Prayer. And uh, I just wanted to read a short section to give you a sense of what this feeling prayer that we're talking about is. Let's see, where shall I start? He says, it had been a time, this is Greg Braden traveling and going to see sacred sites all over the world. He takes these times in his life and does this exploration. He says, it had been a time of extreme drought in the high deserts of northern Mexico when my native friend David, not his real name, invited me to an ancient stone circle to pray rain. After meeting at a prearranged location, I followed him on an early morning hike through a valley that contained more than 100,000 acres of high desert sage. After walking for a couple of hours, our journey led us to a place that David had been to many times before and knew very well. It was an earthen circle made of stones, arranged in perfect geometries of lines and arrows, just the way the hands of its maker had placed them long ago. What is this place? I asked. This is the reason that we have come, David laughed. This stone circle is a medicine wheel that has been here for as long as my people can remember. He continued, the wheel itself has no power. It serves as a place of focus for the one invoking the prayer. You could think of it as a road map, a map between humans and the forces of this world. Anticipating my next questions, David described how he'd been taught the language of this map from the time that he was a young boy. Today, he said, I will travel an ancient path that leads to other worlds. From those worlds, I will do what we came here to do. Today, we pray rain. I wasn't prepared for what I saw next. I watched carefully as David removed his shoes, gently placed his naked feet into the circle, and honored the four directions and all of his ancestors. Slowly, he placed his hands in front of his face in a praying position, closed his eyes, and became motionless. Oblivious to the heat of the midday desert sun, his breathing slowed and became barely noticeable. After only a few moments, he took a deep breath, opened his eyes to look at me, and said, let's go, our work is finished here. <laughs> Expecting to see dancing, or at least some chanting, I was surprised by how quickly his prayer began and then ended. Already? I asked. I thought you were going to pray for rain. David's reply to my question has been the key that has helped so many to understand this kind of prayer. As he sat on the ground to lace up his shoes, David looked up at me and smiled. No, he replied. I said that I would pray rain. If I had prayed for rain, it could never happen. Later in the day, David explained what he meant by this statement. 
He began by describing how the elders of his village had shared the secrets of prayer with him when he was a young boy. The key, he said, is that when we ask for something to happen, we give power to what we do not have. Prayers for healing empower the sickness. Prayers for rain empower the drought. Continuing to ask for things only gives more power to the things that we would like to change, he said. I think about David's words often and what they could mean in our lives today. If we pray for world peace, for example, while feeling tremendous anger toward those who lead us into war, or even toward war itself, we may inadvertently be fueling the very conditions that lead to the opposite of peace. With half of the world's nations now engaged in armed conflict, I often wonder what role millions of well-intentioned prayers for peace each day may be playing, and how a slight shift in perspective could possibly change that role. Looking, at, looking back at David, I asked, if you didn't pray for rain, then what did you do? It's simple, he replied. I began to have the feeling of what rain feels like. I felt the feeling of rain on my body and what it feels like to stand with my naked feet in the mud of our village plaza because there has been so much rain. I smelled the smells of rain on the earthen walls in our village and felt what it feels like to walk through fields of corn chest high because there has been so much rain. David's explanation made perfect sense. He was engaging all of his senses the hidden powers of thought, feeling, and emotion that set us apart from all other forms of life. In addition to the senses of smell, sight, taste, and touch that connect us to the world. In doing so, he was using the power and ancient language that speaks to nature. It was the next part of his explanation that touched my scientific mind, as well as my heart, and truly resonated with me. Following the prayers of rain, he described how feelings of thanks and appreciation were the completion of the prayers, like the Amen of Christianity. Rather than giving thanks for what he created, however, David told me that he felt grateful for the opportunity to participate in creation. Through our thanks, we honor all possibilities while bringing the ones we choose to the world. So praying rain, or praying peace, or praying abundance. This form of prayer has more to do with imagining and living into the experience of the prayer answered. No words are needed. Not that words hurt anything if your form also uses words. But it's the feeling that really carries the power in this form of prayer. The emotion. The right. emotion, right. Emotion, energy in motion. So, what did David mean? If I had prayed for rain, it could never come. Praying for something is 
acknowledging and, and emphasizing the lack of. Okay, so praying for something, it puts kind of a gap between you and that experience, right? Mm -hmm. It acknowledges the absence of something. I think for myself it's, um, I can't embody the emotion of it when I'm asking for it. Right. So it's almost impossible for me to have the experience emotionally of rain and feel rain mm -hmm. if I'm asking for rain that's not there. Right. So the two can't almost go together. Yeah, they can't coexist. It is putting that <clears throat> separation as if the thing you're asking for is in the future. Right. And then when does it become present if you're praying that it's in the future? Right. It comes from desperation instead of trust. It comes from mm. desperation instead of trust. Yes. <clears throat> so what is the power behind this form of prayer, do you suppose? We're praying in the present. And if we want good things to happen, it would be great to have it in the present because Mm -hmm. The future would be old. We want good things to happen then, but we live and pray in the present. Right. Right now. Yeah, we're living in the present. <coughs> we talked, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. We talked before about the will of God and how <coughs> I think that praying in that way is basically um, choosing to align yourself. In, in a way with his will. So you're basically okay. saying, I am I am standing in the will of God um, and I'm seeing what's, what, what's going to happen because he wills it, not because of my will. Right. So that will coming through, through me. So praying for something that you don't have is kind of the opposite of showing gratitude for what you do have. Yes. Praying for what you don't have is the opposite of showing gratitude or feeling gratitude for what you do have. <clears throat> and in order to feel, as we've discovered, is very important in prayer, as it connects with your heart. <clears throat> we need to be open to discovering and having this experience. And this is why uh, the book author travels I assume, to these various sacred places and works hard to get to them because of the spirit of discovering what's there for him and experiencing it in the present. What's interesting is that what he discovers over and over again is it's not about the place. It's not about the configuration of the stones. It's not about the outside thing there. It's about our own alignment with that will, our own alignment with that vision, with that goodness. And no matter what culture he visits, he seems to discover the same thing over and over again. So what is it as human beings that gives us the power to take part in this kind of prayer? What are some of the things that are involved in that as, you know, as human beings. Certainly imagination. Imagination. 
You know, if you're going to invoke all your senses in seeing and feeling something, imagination's going to be engaged in creating those feelings, right? Faith. In your faith. Yeah. Letting go. And letting go. Control. Oh, control? <coughs> Our illusion of control. We sure like it, don't we? So what do you suppose, if you were going to find like one primary, one or two primary spiritual principles at work here, what would those be? This process of imagining and feeling and being in co-creation with spirit. You have to let go and actually engage. You can't just throw something out there. You need, okay. you need to quiet time. Okay. Step away from the world and really engage. Yeah. Definitely need to give it time. Yeah. So spiritual principles at work. Faith and acceptance. Okay. Faith and acceptance. Law of faith. Expectation. Law of expectation. There's the big one I was looking for. Law of correspondence. Law of correspondence is at work. We put in, spirit mirrors back to us. The sense of completion. And the sense of completion. Of, of connection. Mm -hmm. So what is the law of expectation? What is that about? Kind of like what you think happens. So if you, ex if you expect good things, good things come. Okay. So the tendency that energy follows thought, that we move toward but not beyond what we can imagine. You know, what we expect to be our experience has the tendency to be what we find as our experience. I think it's ramped up faith. <laughs> ramped faith. up faith. <laughs> and you get, right. when you have a lot of faith, you expect to see it happen. Okay. So even in quantum mechanics at this point, the act of observation alters the behavior of the particles that are being observed according to the observer. What is that observer expecting to see? There's a tendency there for that to unfold. So there's obviously some kind of a principle or force or law or energy, whatever you want to call it, at work. From the ancient hermetic teachings, on into modern mysticism, all the way through. We're told that as within, so without. Whatever we're feeling um, and being, feeling and being in any given moment is reflected back to us in our world, or in our, our world, meaning our experience of the world. The universe is a mirror to us. Okay, so it's a big, big mirror. How does this apply to the creation of new experiences in my life? Well, if you can't imagine yourself in that life or having that thing, or if you can't imagine yourself there, you can't get there. Okay. Shuts down your ability to receive it, for one thing, right? Accept and receive it, even if it is right there. Don't recognize it. You don't recognize it, yeah. I don't know how many times I've said, God, I can't imagine 
doing what that person did or whatever. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's your prayer. <laughs> so, in the teachings of the New Thought uh, teachers, Fillmore and Holmes, I don't get what I want, I get what I am. There's that mirror again. What I imagine to be true, that's what I experience. How in, does... In oh. a way we're creating from ideas, connections mm -hmm. to evolution ideas, how we grow. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me that uh, an idea, it's a nervous transmission on a neuron in your brain, and it connects by chemicals to the next neuron. Uh, and that stimulates that neuron, and on it goes. And, and the idea that I find fascinating is that it's excuse me, it's chemicals, biochemicals that mm -hmm. facilitate that connection from one neuron to the other, and that sort of seems to me to be affected by your belief and your faith mm -hmm. that this can happen. And we can, rather than saying, well, it's just this chemical thing that's happening, which is happening. It's just happening. I can't help it. Our own intention can change the actual chemical makeup of the system. So it's an interesting process. Yes, there is the chemistry happening, and yes, we can change which chemicals are being pumped out in any given moment. So it's, it's amazing. Human beings are amazing. That brings my thought back to the will. Mm -hmm. um, okay. What you were saying, what Gary was saying, and we can either ha use that, what was given to us divinely, that will, and go, oh, okay, I'm going to be in search of happiness here, here, here. Right. My good is somehow outside of me and separate from me, mm -hmm. but we can also align with spirit's will, basically remembering that spirit's will and our will is one will right. happening at all times and that all our good is already present all is already available eyes, eyes to see yeah. <laughs> ears to hear yeah. so how does this apply to the creation of a new paradigm in our world Let's take it out beyond just you know not that ourselves are not important we're all part mm -hmm. of that world but how does that apply to our creation of some new story or new paradigm, to our love-soaked world? If we expect the world to be a beautiful, peaceful, loving place, then that's what's going to be our experience. Okay. That also uh, floods into the collective unconscious. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, I at the subconscious level, and it's kind of like the, the old hundredth monkey story. When, when enough people really expect that love-soaked world, it'll, get, it'll gain momentum and the, and the paradigm will shift. And what else has to move with the expectations? Actions. Behaviors. Actions. Behaviors. Mm. When we expect a peaceful outcome, we have to feed peace <clears throat> into that, right? We have to be peace in action. 
I feel like it, it means that even in the midst of seeing some, <laughs> some, something we don't we want to we uh, I'm trying not to say the word <laughs> the, say the uncomfortable thing that we don't want to look at okay that we don't recognize as peace mm -hmm. we have to flip that emotion and see that as peace and be able to be peace in that space and in that moment otherwise nothing will shift if we're dependent right. on oh the sad condition that we see upon, upon us right and we see it as sad then now there's not peace right then that's it <clears throat> and one by one by one by one we're all walking around. Most of us in a place like this, working to, to see the peace, to feel the love, to know the joy, not to deny that things are happening in our world that we'd rather not have happening, not to deny that maybe we can change our actions to encourage those changes. But if, like Michael was saying, if we walk around seeing the world is broken, if that's where all of our attention is going, is to the violent places and the hateful places, we're feeding that with our attention. Doesn't mean we can't take action to try to remedy things, but we do that from a place of <coughs> love and caring and compassion, without judgment or criticism, mm -hmm. from a place of peace. This is challenging work me maybe you guys have this nailed by now but I find that um, it like like has been said there's it's easy to, to dwell on the, on the negative in other words um, I I choose I choose to see the things that are bad and um, I find that even just the slightest amount of altering that that thought pattern mm -hmm. is like a cascade right so um, not that um, you know it's it's that I'm going to be all of a sudden in a place where I am everything's positive but it's it's a it's kind of a increment there's increments right, right. so yeah. it's like I, I choose not to uh, look at something in the news that I would normally look at that maybe would right. make me sad, like James said. Mm -hmm. uh, or instead I, I maybe look at something, an uplifting article that will help me to get better perspective on what things are. So I think it's, I, th I think it's easy to think, oh, I'm, now I'm going to, I'm going to change everything. Right. But there's, there's, there's degrees and increments. And, yeah, and definitely. All those are important. They are, and it, it's even if I change my experience of something, that's one of those increments. If my experience is now that I can see the poverty, for example, or the illness or the whatever is happening, and hold it in peace and compassion, knowing that I'm doing everything I possibly can in my life, in my world, to make whatever difference I specifically am called to make. We all have a different calling to do different things. And if I am standing and living, knowing that I'm doing all that I can, I can rest in a peaceful, compassionate place, offer blessings, and just keep doing my work. And I can be peaceful that way. I think that's what Jesus meant. He 
there's there's two sayings that are kind of separated in the Bible, but I think they might have been together originally. He says, uh, seek first the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. And later on he says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right. You know, it's here, but if we're looking for the negative stuff, or we're, if we're not looking for the positive, we're not looking for heaven, that we're not going to see it. Right. And that the, the piece that gets left off of that, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Mm -hmm. So, not just the kingdom within and without, but my own alignment now within that. I seek to be aligned within that heavenly place, within and without. I think you need to keep in mind the word visionary. Mm -hmm. You can live as a visionary, positively, positive visionary, and, and that I think that word says a lot. Yeah, you can live in the world as a visionary, and and as your actions also step into alignment with your vision, that empowers it further. I think it's also important, like, the alignment is good, but sometimes we think we're aligned and we think we know what it should look like, and mm -hmm. so an important thing I've always tried to remember is, you said a lot, this or something better, mm -hmm. I like to say this or something more magical, because there's right. often times when... I thought something was great and good and it had to be that. Yes. <laughs> and then it wasn't that. But then right. I did find eventually something way more magical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even in our practice this morning, as I <coughs> led us into the practice, I, I ended it with this or something more beautiful, mm. leaving it open. Uh, a word that I haven't heard today yet is, is faith. faith. And, you know, kind of like the antidote to mm -hmm. that fear of what comes next. Yes. And comparing it to uh, the analogy of, of a neuron, uh, mm -hmm. you, you can stimulate a neuron, but it has many branches. Right. And you don't know which one of those branches, which, one, which direction it's going to go in. It could mm -hmm. go in the way that you want it to go, or it could go in a way that you weren't expecting. Right. But if you neglect that neuron and don't stimulate it, then you're never going to get to that place that you want to be. And so mm -hmm. having faith that, you know, that something eventually will go the way that you want it to go. Yes. And then and the last thing it connected to for me was, you know, at the very beginning, you know, practicing that repetition at least 100,000 times. Right. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like, you know, if you know which, which neuron you want to stimulate to go the direction you want to go, you have to stimulate that neuron. Right. But in order to do that, you're going to have to go through cycles that you weren't prepared for or didn't want to go through. Right. You know, and you have to go all the way around and you have to keep going there. Because yeah. if there is no single neuron in the brain that isn't connected to another neuron. Right. They don't just float around independently. Yeah. You know, they're all connected to something else. And the only way that you're going to get the, to where you want to go is if you practice that, that cycle and that repetition and that pattern over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And have faith that, you know, it's like you're doing the good, the, do, the good deed. Right. You know, gratitude for where you are because it's one step closer yeah. to being to where you want to be. Beautifully said. <laughs> yes. And I think getting back, we talked about control before, I think, you know, the only, the only thing that we really ever, ever have any semblance of control over <laughs> is our thoughts and our actions. Right. So, um, if I'm, 
if I want to make any kind of difference of, around me, the only thing that I can do is to go and take those increments of being mm. more positive. Yeah. And to, um, and then act act appropriately. I mean, Jesus called it loving your neighbor. Right. And um, you know that that is all we have to influence what's around us, but that's enough. It is enough. It is enough. Thank you. Mark. I'd like to acknowledge the historical thing that happened yesterday with the coronation mm -hmm. of uh, King Charles. And I noticed and I was Im I was imbued with a, a sense of um, um, well, the word love was mentioned quite a bit in that coronation ceremony, which goes back hundreds and hundreds of years. But I think now it's a lot more open and relaxed. It's more inclusive because they recognize uh, that there are other faiths in the, uh, in the Protestant uh, country of, of England that, are, uh, that were acknowledged yesterday. Uh, and um, represented quite a bit. And the words uh, compassion and mercy, as well as love, mm -hmm. were mentioned quite a bit. And I thought, well, okay, this is realigning the, the Protestant faith from being so focused on discipline, you have to do this, you have to do that, to a, a more, well, it's more about embodying this sense of love that incorporates everybody. Yes. That those were the commandments in the New Testament, right? Love, love God before all else. Body, mind, spirit. Love your neighbor as yourself. Period. That's it. All about love. So I'm going to jump forward. We've had a great conversation in here. Um, So trusting that prayer is an act of creation, that it sparks and empowers our creativity, our ability to co-create with, with divine intelligence by whatever name you call that, I want to invite us to take a moment of feeling prayer. And we'll just do a couple of moments to really feel. I'm going to bring us back, bookend us with our love-soaked world as a place to to go with this. So I invite you to just maybe close your eyes and settle in for just a moment to this love-soaked world that we envision. How does it look to the inner eye? How does it look? How does it feel? What are the people doing? How are people being?
give yourself just a couple more moments to really sense into this more beautiful world. How is your own home affected? How are your relationships affected? How is your sense of who you are and why you're here affected? You can use this process in your own life. Is there somewhere in your life that feeling prayer might be useful? So we close this time together with two, actually I have three interpretations of the Lord's Prayer this morning. First, a translation by Aramaic scholar Neil Donald Klotz from Aramaic into English. O Bertha, Father, Mother of the Cosmos, focus your light within us. Make it useful. Create your reign of unity now through our fiery hearts and willing hands. Help us love beyond our ideals and sprout acts of compassion for all creatures. Animate the earth within us so we feel the wisdom underneath supporting all. Untangle the knots within so that we can mend our hearts' simple ties to each other. Don't let surface things delude us, but free us from what holds us back from our true purpose. Out of you, 
the astonishing fire, returning light and sound to the cosmos. And from the Unitarian Universalist tradition, indwelling God, who art infused throughout all existence, we hallow thee with many names. Thy kingdom is within the human heart. We accept life for all that it can be on earth as throughout all creation. May we continue to draw sustenance from this earth and may we receive forgiveness equal to our own. May we ever move from separation toward union to live in grace with love in our hearts forever and ever. And finally, from New Thought Ancient Wisdom. Living universal presence. Expressing and experiencing life in, through, and as all that is. You are most holy by whatever name we call you. Your essence and substance are within and all around me. Your divine order is forever guiding all of creation, both here on earth and into the far reaches of the cosmos. You provide all sustenance. Our needs are always met. Your justice is absolute. Your response to our thoughts, words, and actions is in perfect measure. Your grace lifts me above temptation and erroneous thinking when I hold you at the forefront of my heart and mind. You are the one light. Yours is the one power, a power for good, and the one intelligence that directs the music of the spheres. My devotion is forever yours. And so it is. And so it is. So I invite you to bring your awareness back to your body, to your senses, to the atmosphere in the room. And when you're ready, open your eyes to re-enter the space that we share. Welcome back. <laughs> so last week, we showed a video during Teze at the end for the offertory. 
It's not a music video this time. But I've had several requests this week to bring it back this morning to this uh, service, gathering, part of the gathering, because some who come earlier don't stay, and, you know, so that we can share it with you. So this is Reverend John Pavlovitz. He's the author of The Bigger Table, and he's sharing his thoughts about what it means to be in the humane middle. So enjoy. I am the radical left, and I didn't realize it. So, I'm the radical left, apparently. The president has told me that I am. I hear it from politicians and from preachers. And I'm really taken aback. I'm quite surprised because up until now, I had no idea that I was an extremist. I just thought I was an ordinary, regular, decent human being. I thought that living here in America, that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness was something I was supposed to take seriously for everyone. I thought as someone raised a Christian that loving my neighbor as myself was supposed to be a priority for me, that the golden rule actually meant something. I always thought decency was mainstream. I decided that I better take an inventory of the things that I believe to, to check for my extremism. I believe in full LGBTQ rights. I believe that black lives matter. I believe that we should protect the planet. I believe that everyone deserves health care. I believe that diversity makes us better. I believe that the world is bigger than America. I believe that to be pro-life means to protect all of life wherever it is under duress. I believe that people should be free to have religious beliefs and free to not have religious beliefs. I believe that non-American lives are as beautiful and valuable as American lives. I believe that superiority is not found in whiteness. I believe that compassion and kindness and generosity are always going to be the better path. And I believe that there is enough here for everyone, enough food, enough care, enough money, enough opportunity, if we only unleash our creativity and unclench our fists. Now, I'm not sure how these ideas became radical, although it seems to have happened over the last three or four years, but I grew up being taught that they were just part of being a decent human being. I grew up being taught that loving my neighbor as myself meant that I actually worked for their well-being as much as for my own. I believe that as an American citizen, that the inalienable rights of other people was something that I pursued relentlessly. And I don't think I'm alone here. I think that most people reside here in this place believing that equality and diversity and love and justice, they're not fringe ideologies or extremist positions. They're actually just the best way to be human. I don't think we're the radical left. I think we're the humane middle. You see, regardless of their political affiliations or their religious worldview, I think most people right now want more humanity and not less. The fact that these aspirations are threatening to some people should be an alarm to them that they themselves have moved into extremism, that they have been living so long in a heavily fortified bunker of their ideologies and prejudices and phobias that they no longer realize that there is a better way to be human and that they're missing it, that equality now seems oppressive to them, that justice seems excessive, that decency is actually threatening. 
Maybe the problem isn't that we are radical, it's that humanity now looks radical to people who've embraced inhumanity. I could be wrong, but I don't think I'm the radical left. I just think I'm part of the humane middle, that vast, disparate, compassionate community, the we the people of this nation who are tired of cruelty and malice and fear and hatred defining us and who believe that there is a better path. But if all that makes me radical, I'm gonna be okay with that. I'm gonna be content here alongside like-hearted people in our compassionate, kind, generous, and loving extremism. So he's got a great blog site. If you enjoyed that at all, it's called Things That Just Need To Be Said. And he does speak his mind and his heart. He's a uh, very progressive Christian minister still to this day. And uh, we're reading, some of us are reading a book together called The Bigger Table that he wrote. So we're going to wrap up. Each Sunday we invite you to join the celebration of the work that we're doing here by sharing of your financial good if you should choose to. Um, if you're at home, you can find a donate button and an address at our website, mysticheart.org. And as we move into this time of giving, I invite you to hold these words that appear on the screen as our affirmation and prayer for all of the gifts that come our way. As I awaken to the God within me and all around me, I see abundance everywhere I look. I consciously step into that flow of abundance by this act of giving. I offer this gift freely in the spirit of love, blessing and sending it forth to heal and prosper. It is evidence of my deep faith. It does good work in the world and blesses all of creation. I give from a consciousness of abundance. You'll recognize Jason Mraz, one of my favorites, and one of my favorites of his songs. Look for the good in everything. Look for the people who will set your soul free. It always seems impossible until it's done Look for the good in everyone Superpowers we all have We were born to love now
inside our fate And look for the good in everyone And celebrate all our mistakes If there's a silver lining Silver lining You still have to find it Find it, find it Look for the good in treasure and just so grateful for your freely sharing of your treasure knowing that it does good work in our community that is mystic heart and trickles out into our greater community and the world knowing that the law of circulation works so what goes out also comes back over and over 
So thankful for this today. And sealing that in by saying, and so it is. Amen. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and close up. We have a, a wonderful um, Mexican lunch next door today. Been smelling it for a long time. All together, hand in hand, we see the light, we take a stand, and we are changing. A whole new life for you and me, take your past and set it free, and share this blessing. Love be with you, peace enfold you, spirit lift you, breathe it in. Truth come through you, make good flow to you. Let joy renew you until we meet again. Love be with you. Ooh, love be with you. Ooh, love be with you. Thanks for being here this morning. Many, Hope many you stay blessings. for lunch.